business. It's been a while since I did um, my last episode. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's been a minute. I will confess. Um, but before we go ahead and jump into it and we talk some more. Let me tell you where you can always find your host with the most, (laughs) Latasha Reynolds, author of Brawler's Amazing Imagination, Brawler Visits the Moon, and the host of In the Life of a Self-Publishing Mama. You can always find me on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, TuneIn, and Breaker, just to name a few. So, I know it's been a minute. Have your pens been continuously moving? By now, I hope that you are on the self-publishing journey that you have at least gotten some things edited, some feedback. Maybe you have already submitted your manuscript uh, for self-publishing. Or maybe you decide to go the traditional way. Or maybe... Yeah, you're in the marketing phase, which to me, um, what I have learned at the marketing phase really starts early. It doesn't start after you have completed your book. It really starts early. And like I told you all, I don't know everything. I learned through talking to other authors. I learned through um, my experiences, my mistakes, my successes, and I read a lot. Um, that's where I gain my um, my knowledge from, is sharing um, what I know with you all. So, <laughs> question is, Tasha, where have you been? <laughs> Well, (laughs) um, ideally, I didn't mean to take such a long break, ideally, but life happens, as you all have heard me say this time and time before that life happens, um, that can hit the pause button for a moment um my husband and I we uh recently brought a home in this crazy um housing market um praise God to that glory be to God um and we um we also well I shall I say 
started a new position at a new company and um, that job um, even though I, I love the work that I do working with cancer patients it takes a lot out of you mentally emotionally physically um, it's a very it's, it's a job that's not meant or built out for everyone and so I have a had to learn how to um, I, not adapt but how to I guess you can say how to deal with whatever emotions that I'm going through and have an outlet um, so I have been doing a lot of painting getting back into painting as you all know I am an author at heart Um, I speak through my art a lot of my passion I put into my work that's one of the ways that I love to express myself because there's no boundaries there isn't anyone trying to regulate or tell you um, how to or what to do with your art um, well I know when you um, get into other realms um, there can be people who try to tell you um, how to uh, display your artwork and what type of um, interpretation that they expect from you and this is that and other but look at I'm not even trying to get into that arena that world over there dealing with you know art dealers and this is that and the other and having an agent <laughs> look I'm just I'm just being free spirited sunflower me okay um but you know, if you're interested in that, um, I am planning on opening up an Etsy store um, to sell some of my art. I know I also have it on Instagram, and I think the handle is Brother J Expressions. I believe that's the handle. Um. So, check that out. And uh, also my wonderful husband. As um, you all know, um, we are a team. And when I'm successful, he's successful. When I have dreams and aspirations, he supports me. And I do the same in return. So, he recently... um, launched his food company it's still up and coming we're still doing a whole lot of things behind the scenes um we haven't broke the mold yet into the market but we're gearing up and uh, his company is called Mr. Chopalot so I'm really excited about that and um what else has there been going on um, of course, family stuff. 
family stuff that never goes away. Um, my mom is good. Um, love her to death. My dad's good. Love him to death. We call like my brother and I. We call my dad 007 because he is always getting into something. <laughs> but unlike 007, <laughs> he always getting injured. You know, 007. <laughs> he do the the Mission Impossible stuff, but he rarely get banged up and hurt and stuff. Where he down for the count. <laughs> My dad, um, he gets injured, but he keeps going. But you know, um, he's older, and um, yeah, so. My brother and I, we have to tell my dad, look here, bruh, go sit down. <laughs> quit, quit with all this Mission Impossible stuff, and Lord, <sighs> parents. Um, but yeah, they're great, in-laws are great. Bryla, my daughter, who is growing up before my eyes, she is just, she has her own personality. She has had her own personality since before I birthed her into this world. Um, that a lot of people look at her and say that little girl has been here before. She um, she's a different type of toddler. She's a different type of toddler. And if you have that type of toddler, then you know what I'm speaking from or speaking of. Um, she just, she has these eyes that are so piercing and it seems like they're speaking into your soul. <laughs> like, she can tell when you, you BSing and, um, <laughs> she can smell it <laughs> and call it out. Um, but she is very, um, intelligent and such a beautiful soul in her. Every day I thank God um, for choosing me to be this precious soul's mother. Um, that he didn't choose me to one else. That he saved her just for me. Um, as you know, I had my first child. I would consider later on in life um, compared to a lot of other people <laughs> and um, they started having kids in their teens and their early 20s and mid-20s and things of that nature um, late 20s um, I had my daughter mid-30s um, so um, it's something that I don't regret um at all but yeah so of course you know we get the question of are we having another one Mm. (laughs) child please Mm. but anywho anywho um so that's basically the background or the history what I have been up to of course with this book as well 
Um, I must admit that I have not been fully uh, focused on the marketing piece of this book um, as I should be consistently. Um, So I'm not going to front with that. Um, So what are my plans? What am I doing now? Well, great news is that um, I have gotten uh, into the Tennessee Tribune, which is a local um, newspaper in Nashville, Tennessee, that um, has a history catering towards and to inform and empower and encourage the African-American community and has grown to do more for our community and so they have been graced with the opportunity to open up um a phase one and a phase two store um, in the Tennessee, or sorry, not the Tennessee, I'm sorry, the Nashville Airport, aka BNA. Um, so I am a part of the phase one, and I am so excited. Um, contain excitement Uh, because there's so many moving pieces and oftentimes I don't you know I just I'm not one of those people that like immediately show my excitement when things happen transpire because I have to analyze observe, absorb, internalize what's happening, what's going on. Um, so that's how, that's, that's, that's me. But they are opening um, November 1st and I dropped my packages or my package, shall I say, off um, a few days ago. So that's they're my first, like as far as selling books online, a retail store um, that I'm personally involved with. Um, that I hand-delivered a package to um, an order of books. So, um, I was excited about that process. Even though I am um, on, like, Barnes & Noble and Target's website, um, but my, my goal is to get my book physically in the store, and that's one of the things that I am working on. Um, with Barnes and Noble, um, getting uh, my book into one of the stores. You know, this is 
What I have learned with this process, this self-publishing process, is that it is a marathon and not a sprint. So I do have um, another order um, from another children's book that's not in the um, in my state um, that wanted to purchase a place in order um, for books. Um, what can I share with you all? that I have experienced. Don't set your goals too high. Not your goals. Don't set your expectations too high. Being a self-published author, especially if you are not a celebrity, not a public figure that people identify with if you don't already have that platform that huge following don't set your expectations too high Um, and I'm not saying to be pessimistic at all I'm trying to save face (laughs) and um, preserve some of that dignity um, because this is, as I stated, a marathon and not a sprint. You publish a book and you're not a celebrity or a public figure. You don't already have a built up following of people who know you. The only people who know you are your friends, your family, co-workers, maybe your neighbors. It's a small, a smaller group of people. A smaller group of people. And you can have a great product. I know for a fact I don't doubt my craft I know for a darn good fact that I have a great product that I have the writing ability to write children's books do I have all the other tools that I need in my back pocket I am more so I I am more so I can I'm better at visualizing things versus executing certain things Now, I will admit, as I stated before on this podcast, you have to admit where you're strong and where your weaknesses are. And wherever your weaknesses are, that's where you need to go get a person or a team. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. To even 
self-published, a quality, self-published book, a quality. And you know, you all know how I feel about quality. If your book, well, you, you know what? No, let me direct it back to me. If the book is not going to, if the book cannot stand against books that are in main retail stores, chains, such as Barnes and Noble, I am not putting my name on that book. I am not even going to bother publishing that book. If my book cannot meet the quality standards, my book looked just as good sitting beside Hair Love. My book looked just as good sitting beside with some of these other books. I drew a blank because I'm on a roll over here. <laughs> I'm on a roll over here. Um, uh, let's come on. Good night, moon. My daughter loves good night, moon. Charlotte's Web. Come on with it. Chain Song. Come on with it. The Giving Tree. And some of these other Madeline. And these some throwback books that I'm, I'm <laughs> even throwing out there. Come on, Charlotte's Web. Come on. Because I know my product. I know my product. Because I'm confident in it. Chicka chicka boom boom. My book. can sit beside these other books of well-known authors or books that are have been around since our childhood. But I'm not going to or even when God made me who I love those books by um, by their author. I'm drawing a blank. But that's just a few. When I walk into, I purposely go to Barnes and Noble. And there are other bookstores. 
um, I don't know what the main major chain retail bookstores, but I know where I live, that's like the primary one besides like your other chain uh, retail stores. And I'm talking about chain bookstores. That's like the main one. But then, of course, you have your independent bookstores um, in my city. But then you have your retail stores like Target and Walmart, to name a few. Um, but I purposely go into Barnes & Noble. Go! Whatever major uh, re- uh, chain bookstores in your area, go! Go! This is a part of your research. Go and see what, um, how other books are because I matched the quality of my book based on what I saw. And you, I, I stated this before on this podcast, my daughter has several, dozens upon dozens of books. And I gathered my favorite ones and I studied them. I studied them. When people see my work, they are in awe that me, I, she, her, created this beautiful product, beautiful finishing. They think that I went the traditional route. I didn't go no traditional route. I have the talent. I have the skills. I have the determination. I have the drive. But oftentimes, get overlooked. As so many of us do. But that's going to change. So what do you do? Whatever is in your power. See, the thing that I love about, and I know I might be everywhere right now, because I just want to be truthful about my experience. That don't set your expectation too high. And another thing that I want to point out, point number two, whatever you have, in your control that you can do, do it. What do I mean by that, Tasha? What are you talking about? I love the day and age that we're living in regarding technology, social media, things of that nature. We don't have to wait on some try to strike up a contract or a deal with a, a company, a clothing store. Or um, 
voila, self-publishing, trying to wait for a, a traditional book agency, publishing agency to bring us on. Or um, create um, videos or anything about our book because all this stuff is at our fingertips using the internet. How did I self-publish? I used the internet. The internet is what I use. I researched and used the internet to my full advantage. And it's so funny while I'm talking to y'all, I have been like this epiphany, like this girl go get it. Okay, like hashtag go get it. Okay, just this flow of energy. That's what you have at your your fingertips and you have to learn how to best use it when you know you don't have the money because let's be honest self-publishing let me finish my point that's why I was making a quality book can cost you between two to five thousand a quality book yeah did did you let me spell it out. Q U A L I T Y. Anybody can self publish. But can you self publish perfection quality? On the same, can your book stand next to books that are in major chain bookstores, independent bookstores, retail chains? It costs money, and that's fine. Because like I always told you all, my motto, if I'm not going to do it right, then here comes my voice trying to crack. Voice, get it together. If I'm not going to do it right, then I'm not going to do it at all. But also with that, I don't have the money to be like, Dishing out to the proper other building up these other teams. The biggest part is promoting and um, marketing your book. And let me tell you something too. Everybody that buy children's books or whatever genre you writing. They not all on Instagram. You have to find where your readers are. Mm-mm. So this is the 
this is where I am. Finding where they are. Have ideals. I know some things that I need to do. This is a marathon and not a sprint. Before I self-publish my first book, I remember reading an article and talking to some other self-published authors. And usually their first book is their one and done. Because this role can be discouraging. Because the book sales aren't there. Um, the amount of exposure that they would like isn't there. And you take a lot of your own resources into this one book. And it doesn't return. And I'm not even just talking about financially, but... It doesn't return the the expectation that you thought you would get from it. And it can be discouraging. It, it can be discouraging. But if you know this information, that this will most likely happen to 95 probably 98% of self-published authors that you already know how to handle the situation. It's not anything new to you. You already heard. You got to prep yourself mentally. You just got to continue to push through, hoping and praying that something out of all the the work that you're putting in and all the seeds that you're planting, something will sprout and grow into something prosperous. Prosperous. Because nobody wants to fail. feel about the word failure it's a teaching moment a teaching moment what can you do better next time what what areas were great that you you don't want to change So yeah, it can become discouraging. So don't set your expectations too high. Use the tools at your fingertips. The internet is powerful. 
Go out and create the material yourself and promote it. You want some t-shirts with your with your book, with your book characters? I see so many care, uh, self-published authors creating dolls. The, the character, they're creating a doll. Do that. You don't have to wait on... Are, are they even still in... In business, Mattel, the book, I mean, the, the toy company, heck, I don't even know. But you don't have to wait on some toy company to slide a contract in front of you to do that. You want you want some mugs, some cups with your book or your character or a saying from your book? You, ch- ch- child... Google that. Google that. Google that. You don't have to wait for some other company to slide a contract in front of you and say that we'll bring you on and and create this stuff for you. Child, please. Create your brand. That's like subtopic to what? Point number two, use your tools at your fingertips. Don't set your expectations too high. Use your tools at your fingertips. The internet. Hello. And be be prepared to be discouraged. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you and say that this role of self-publishing has been all peaches and cream. Because it has not been. That is easy. It's not. So one of the things that you have to do. Look here. Marketing wise. One of the things that I've done. And I got this from reading an article. Because y'all know I read a lot. And whatever I really try to share with you all. One self-published author stated that what he did, and I wish I remember the, the piece, the article, but he said what he did was that he went list uh, state by state searching for a list of bookstores in each state. And he would contact a handful or whatever of those um, bookstores. Now, let me tell you, yes, this is like the dinosaur way. First of all, let me tell you about me. I don't have time to be sitting up here calling everybody. Uh, Dialing numbers, asking, can I speak to the manager? I don't have that type of time. I'm sending out a mass email. Blind copy. And see what happens. Because now with bookstores... They don't always want you to call them directly. 
even with COVID going on, they don't always want you to drop by. Now it's um, email me your stuff. Or they have on their website, if you're interested on getting your book into their store, you have to fill out a form. And what I learned is that many bookstores do what they have, do what they call consignment. You new to this industry, you better go study how you get your money. They do what they call consignments. Many of them do. Some of them would do the old-fashioned invoice me the whole total of however many books that I'm ordering from you. Some will. But then you have others that will say, I'm not paying for any of the books up front. Ship me X number of books. And as they sell, you will get paid. And depend on what cycle they're on. Maybe like a 30-day cycle that they may be on. So if your book, if you sell two books within that 30-day cycle, that's what you get paid for. You sell 10 books within that 30-day cycle. That's what you get paid for. You sell, you sell one book. That's what you get paid for. You sell zero books. You don't get nothing within that 30-day cycle. So it just depends on how the store is set up or what I have, what I'm have learned is that many books, especially if you self-publish because they don't know nothing about you, they never heard about you, you asking them to take a risk on you, they take the consignment route. And if your books don't all sell within a certain time frame, they are shipping those things back to you. Or you can probably request for them to have them donated. Just donate them somewhere. Ship back or donate or destroy. That's that, that those are your three options. And you better believe that you paying for the shipping. Ship back. Donate. Don't ship those things back. Donate them. Give them away. I don't care. Or destroy. And a lot of them would prefer that they have the option to return those books back to you. And not only that, there's a fee that bookstores and I'm talking about independent bookstores there are more independent bookstores than there are major book cha- bookstore chains independent bookstores are even um, having you pay a fee up front as a processing fee to submit your book to them. Yeah. Yeah. 
someone will charge you a fee to submit your book to them. Yeah. So I'm learning the business, the industry. So before I can submit books to you, you need me to pay you a fee, which I understand because like I said, you're a self-published author. They don't know you because remember what I said? Don't set your expectations too high. You, if you're not a public figure, celebrity, already have like an established platform, a following of people. And you, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm an author, a children's book author. My name is such and such. <laughs> yes, send them all the information, which is one of the reasons why I did email. I'll talk to you more about that in another episode. Just want to set it up for that. I'll talk to you more about that. Everything that I've said today is not to be um, a discourage to you. I kind of think of it like I'm right now, I told you what I deal with cancer patients who who standard care or or standard chemo that's used to treat their cancer, maybe they relapsed. Or not responding to the drug at all. And so they're trying to find other ways to fight this cancer. If the standard chemo that's out there on the market that have already been approved by the FDA is not helping their cancer, many patients look to clinical trials. Investigational drugs that have not been approved by the FDA. They're investigational. With their consent and participation, commitment, they use these experimental drugs. And like I tell them, it's no guarantee that you will get a benefit. What do you mean by benefit? That is going to help you go into remission, cure you. Because some cancers aren't curable. It'll slow down the, the process. And then some, some cancers are. 
but you the benefit or sometimes it might not even be about curing the disease sometimes it can be about increasing the quality of life maybe the benefit is keeping that person alive for 5 or 10 or 15 additional years what can you do with 5 additional years what can you do with 10 additional years what can you do with 15 or 20 additional years that's the benefit it might not be the cure but that's the benefit Like I said, you might not even get a benefit. You might not get increased quality of life or the curing of your cancer, the slowing down the progression of your cancer. But I have to let you know the good and the bad side effects. And you know that there might not be a benefit. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. Same thing about the self-publishing journey. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. It's a hard path to take. It's a hard path. And it can be discouraging. And frustrating. But I'm here with you on this journey. You're not alone. I'm sharing my experiences. If you know other avenues, you have connections in the industry, use them. Ain't nobody got time to be going around the mulberry bush. Some people don't have an option but to go around the mulberry bush because they don't have the connections. If you have the connections, use them. So as always, I hope I have said something that's beneficial to your soul. They have given you enlightenment. Something that you probably didn't know before. That can help better you on this journey. As I say, I don't know everything. The knowledge that I gain is from what I read and talking to other self-published authors and through my personal experience. But I'm a fighter. Okay? Because something in me is telling me to keep pressing on 
keep pressing on. That's what I'm telling you. Keep pressing on. Somebody needs to hear your story. Somebody needs to be inspired by your writing. Somebody. Use your gift for the good of humankind, human beings. Use your gift for the good. And if you are a minority writer, you already know how I feel about you. Phyllis Wheatley. Woo. Every time I think about this woman, it burns me up. What they did to her. A gifted writer. But they gonna sit up here in a nutshell with the story. Tell her that she didn't write any of this stuff. Basically saying, you don't have the intellect to write on this level. She's my inspiration. If you don't know about her, go Google her. Phyllis Wheatley. It's so funny. I never thought of myself as a writer. And I remember growing up hearing about this woman. And it's funny how now how this woman, who I've always heard about since I was a little girl, how her life and her struggle and her work is now my driving force. Phyllis Wheatley. The first African-American author of a published book of poetry. They tried to accuse this woman of copywriting. That she did not write this. She ripped this work from somebody else. Because she wasn't intelligent enough to even write on this level. Jesus, come on now. This woman was born into slavery at the age of eight and seven, eight or seven, transported to North America. Master's family name. Phyllis. I think that's the boat that brought her here. The name of the boat. 
Go do your research. Go read about this phenomenal woman. Her story is incredible. And even during the 1700s, this woman was fighting. And here we are in the 2000s in minority, especially African-American. But let me include my minority people because y'all struggling too. When I say that, everybody outside, go look at your stats for children books. And I mean, I'm not even talking about all the different other genres. I know y'all taking an impact too. But I'm, 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 I'm coming from what I know. And what I know is the children books lane. And the stats of African-American writers or minority writers that's outside of white is low. We are underrepresented. Representation matters. It's one of the reasons why I go so hard. And sometimes I need a recharge. And sometimes speaking to you, a lot of times when I do these podcasts, I get a recharge. Because I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. It's like I'm reminding myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. There's a purpose. Let your purpose be heard. Thank you for joining and tuning in and listening to another episode of In the Life of a Self-Publishing Mama. I promise you, it won't be <laughs> a long break when you hear from me again. But keep writing, keep dreaming keep making those dreams because it's not enough just to dream make it a reality and make it an impactful reality with purpose and meaning